Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Bright Side with Technicia. It is January 29th, 2019. I can't believe how fast this month has went by. And we are almost ready for the Super Bowl. I may sound excited about that, but I'm not too excited. I wanted my Atlanta Falcons to be playing, but, you know, no harm done. I love you, all my friends, but I am glad that the Saints are not coming. So I'm sorry I said it. There it is. It's out. It is out. <laughs> you might hate me later on. Don't, don't torture me, but it is what it is. But, um, yeah, my Falcons, you're going to have to tighten up for this um, year. You should already be practicing right now so you could be in the dome. We don't need the Patriots again in the dome. And we definitely don't need no rounds up in our dome either. But much love. I'll be in the house, hopefully, if I don't have to work. So I don't have to be bothered with anything because it's already super crazy downtown. So hotels and everything, are, uh, we're looking at hotels going up about 600 on up. So if you haven't already made your spot in a hotel now, uh, too late for you because them prices are skyrocketing. Yeah. Um, I even heard, like, just to be in the front of the Super Bowl, down in the good seats where you get the good average, them take 2000 on up. So, mm, good luck to that one. But I'm very excited. The Super Bowl is in my hometown. Even if my Falcons are not playing, it's still exciting. But anyhow, today, because um, before I even um, just aired just a moment ago, I had one of my friends like, I didn't even know you was having the show. I didn't know. Like, yeah, post up on Facebook, but I know a lot of people don't probably uh, check the timelines and everything. But, yeah, this is my show. I usually have it on Tuesday and Thursdays uh, when preferably I can do it. Um, Like I told him, it's not scripted. It's not something ran down like the actual radio show because I have done that before where I had to have everything scripted when I used to do it at my um, school, Clayton State University. But here it's just carefree. I didn't want nothing scripted, rehearsed. I just wanted to be me, let my guests be themselves, and it's so much more relaxing. Get off your back. Be you by the end of the day. But anyhow, with me here today is Arne Anderson, who is on a mission to make sure that women never ask themselves, what's wrong with me? Never again. Author of Find Your Soul's Agenda and co-creator of Sensation-Based Mindset Coaching, Arne has been in the personal development industry for nearly 20 years. That's dear to my heart. You guys know I love my personal development. Do it every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Ask me for more information on that call. It wasn't until her own life fell apart and needed to become her own client from her training and rehabilitation, energy healing, and coaching to create a powerful yet simple system that healed her own life and since hundreds of other people's lives as well. Our need believes that we are all craving a connection with something greater than ourselves and also the freedom to express that vitality with others. Our need sees her clients come alive as they find their soul's agenda, often commenting that it makes their whole life make sense. Our need and her husband teach coaches, therapists, and healers how to use the find your soul agenda and other sensation-based mindset strategies with their clients so that they can quickly get to core issues, move through the discomfort of change, and create a new reality in any area of life. So we want to help you to create that new reality in your area of life. Get through that discomfort of change. And without further ado, I'd like to bring Miss Ani Anderson on to the Bright Side with Technicia. Ani, thank you for being here so much. So I want to ask, where are you calling in from today? I'm calling up from Burlington, Vermont. I'm actually in New York, but I live right across the Lake Champlain from Burlington, Vermont. Oh, so you already experiencing the cold in New York right now, right? It is so cold. I think it was six degrees when I woke up this morning. Woo! Yeah, my friend. Yeah. Um, I just had a couple of my friends went there. She was like, wow. She said, am I being dramatic or is it really cold? I was like, oh, <laughs> that's where I'm 
supposed to be in for this month. I'm like, you know what? Probably wasn't meant for me. She had to go to the store and get gloves and everything because she said it was, like, freezing. Oh, <laughs> you did not want to go to the house. I was like, wow. Yeah. So, because uh, we don't, we, they, they always tell us in the South that we don't know anything about cold, and we probably don't. But if I even feel a little breeze or a blur, um, of anything, I'm back in the house, and um, today we were supposed to get snow in Atlanta, but um, unfortunately, no snow, and the kids are out for no reason. Right? They get more days out of school than we ever did. So I'm like, okay, you know what? It's all good. <laughs> so I, hear I hear you. I hear you. I appreciate you so much for being here, taking out your time, darling. Even though you're in that cold weather up there right now. <laughs> but I, I have the pleasure of having your book, A Wonderful Read. It is. I want to ask this, Anita, because I know that most of we're focusing on women, but if this pertains to men as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times I talk about how the the work pertains more to women, and I think that in general we find that women are just more um, – I was going to say excited to have the conversation right off the bat, but that's not it. I think that I think that maybe women are just more used to having these kinds of conversations, if anything else, because sometimes men will come up to us and, and want to talk about it, and uh, it's almost like his people aren't the men aren't used to talking about it. I think is more what's happening. It's not that they're not interested. Well, okay, right? Because it, it seems like it's a uh, a sensitive, what they like to say, a sensitive topic. A man don't feel they have to get into their emotions as much as a woman. But I mm-hmm. probably see it working for a, a guy too. Uh, what got you interested in the write this anyhow? Because I know that we said the introduction, but what took over to write this book? Yeah, the reason I wrote the book really was because I used the process with my clients for a number of years, and I thought to myself, this is ridiculous that we're not getting the information out to as many people as possible because it's so good. Um, you know, it was, it was working so well for the people who are working with us one-on-one, but there are only so many people we can do that with. So in writing the book, the hope really was to bring this process to as many people as possible so that they could do it with themselves or, you know, for some people they want to do it with somebody else or get a facilitator and that's great. So we've just been thrilled to see that people are able to read the book and do the process because uh, sometimes, you know, there's a, there's a learning curve or difficulty in translating the work, but it's just been amazing. Right. People are, are doing it and having great success. That's cool. Oh, well, that's good because that's one thing. If you're going to read it and someone giving you the instructions on what to do to obtain that, that part of your life to get together, then go through it. Don't just have that book sitting there. Go actually through it and go through it again. Mm-hmm. Review your notes. That's the, that's the best way because we don't do that a lot, review our notes. I'm, I'm good in that. Um, but why does the soul, because it's an interesting topic, finding your soul's agenda like it's a list. Why does the soul have <laughs> What's it's up like with that soul list? Hold on. My soul got this appointment. <laughs> I love that. It's great, yeah. The reason I, I picked that word on purpose because it felt to me in my own life like life was having its way with me. Like life had, the, like you said, the to-do list or the appointment, and I just happened to be there too. <laughs> what was up with that? And uh, for, for the people who I was using this, this process with, that's really what it felt like to them too. It was like life has something that it's trying to do here and it's using me as a tool perhaps what's what's the deal um and i do believe that life or you know like the topic of the book is the soul there is an aspect of life itself that uh is constantly trying to grow and evolve you know like the universe itself is expanding so are we on planet earth and so there is this this energy about life itself and it wants to evolve and grow and it uses us as humans to be able to do that too. So we can either know about that and understand how it works and feel really empowered with our lives in that relationship between ourselves and life itself, or we can feel sometimes in our life like 
what's going on? Or like life has an agenda and I just didn't get the memo. Um, so knowing, knowing our soul's agenda helps us to feel like we have a relationship with life itself and it's a, a collaborative relationship. Right. Okay. Make, makes more sense to me because it did sound like, okay, let me put my soul on the appointment schedule. Wait a minute. It's not ready. <laughs> I'll be ready at 2 o'clock. <laughs> but I, I like it the way that explain this. It makes perfect sense. Um, now, in your book, Ani, you say that trying to be normal is dangerous. Why is that? Because to me, when I think of being normal, I'm thinking of that you're trying to keep yourself in a box. You should want to be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there are people who feel like you do, Technisha. It's like, you know, I don't want to put myself in a box. I want to be who I am. Um, and some people are really good with that. Some people are good with that. They go out there and they do their thing. And uh, a lot of people have a really hard time with that. And I think what it comes down to is that as human beings, inherently, we want to belong. We want to feel that sense of community. We want to feel like we're with our people, um, like we're connecting with people. That feels really good to us. And so a lot of people, what they'll do in order to feel that belonging and feel that connection is they'll try to put themselves in the boxes that will help them to feel like they can connect. For example, you go out to the grocery store, any place USA, and you kind of just are a fly on the wall and you listen to relationships uh, and conversations. And conversations tend to have this kind of flavor. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. So what's going on in your life? Oh, this thing's hard and that thing's hard and that thing's hard. How about you? Oh, I get it. This thing's hard and that thing's hard and that thing's hard too. Um, so we're bonding over these things that are difficult in life or stress us out. And it's not a usual conversation to heal, hear people celebrating themselves or to celebrating other people or, or you know, for a lot of people expressing gratitude, you know, I think we're getting better at that in this, as our society. Um, certainly not expressing, expressing pleasurable aspects of life. So I think that one of the things that really keeps us stuck in normal is this false sense of bonding that we do, and we're not really even aware of it. Right. Um. Yeah, and that does sound that sounds very dangerous. You got the stuff out. You can't do the normal. The normal don't get you anywhere. It doesn't. Try it, and it just it just drives you crazy. I don't know how anybody mm-hmm. can be normal. You got to you got to be a little crazy. You got to jump out. You got to be spontaneous. That's how you grow. You got to know what's going on around you. But people feel so comfortable being trapped up in that one little box. Okay, if I stay trapped up in this box, I know everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> but um, how did your training? I I read somewhere that you did Tai Chi. How did your training and Tai Chi help you figure out your life's purpose and soul's agenda? Yeah, I I do. I'm a certified Tai Chi instructor, and when I actually when I was invited to go get certified as a Tai Chi instructor, I didn't. I didn't really know much about Tai Chi. In hindsight, I don't even know why I went. Um, But I'm glad that I did because as soon as I got there, it was uh, unbelievably transformative for me. So, you know, the the reason I went probably was so that I could teach Tai Chi classes at my local wellness center. I had a wellness center and we taught movement classes and I I could teach Tai Chi. Um, And I have taught some classes, but Technisha, the thing about Tai Chi that I really learned at that training was the philosophy of Tai Chi is the philosophy. So the philosophy of Tai Chi is really about mm-hmm. that yin yang symbol. I mean, you know, that symbol, right? That white and black symbol the, in the circle. Yeah. 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 So that, that symbol is a representation of, or a symbol of how life works, which it sounds like crazy because it's such a paradox. That symbol is so simple and yet it explains so much of life. So for myself, when I was learning about Tai Chi and I was learning about how there are two sides to everything, there are two sides to everything. And actually in that yin yang symbol, you know, in the black side, there's that little seed of white. And in the white side, there's a little seed of black. 
And so it's not yeah. just that life is two-sided. It's that when we're in the light side or the, the bright side of life, there's always a seed of darkness. And in the dark aspects of life, there's always a seed of light. And so there's this really interesting, complex, but, but yet simple interplay um, with that concept of yin and yang. And so that's really what, what, I, what I learned that later, it was probably a year after my training, I was, uh, I was so down in my own life, I could not figure out how to get myself positive. And I heard people talking about positivity, and I heard people talking about gratitude. And I wanted to be one of those positive people, like you, when you got on your show and you're, you've got such great energy. I so wanted to be like that, and I couldn't figure out how. And so for, for me, this yin-yang symbol like popped up in my head, and I realized that I had to actually allow myself to feel how I actually felt. I needed to understand that my emotions weren't necessarily negative emotions. How I felt about myself wasn't actually negative if I would just let myself actually feel like I actually felt that I would feel better. And I did. It's just like that seed of brightness in the, in the dark area. Um, so that's really how I got myself back on track was I allowed myself to be okay how I actually was. Right, and it's so much to so much to take out of those. I was just thinking, so much to take out of those the the yin yang signs, especially because when I look at that outer circle, I'm looking at I'm looking at the maturity of everything, and that's where it mm-hmm. comes in with you that maturity, that growth that we all have to in, inhibit a uh, part of our life. No, nobody mm-hmm. can stop this phenomena. However, this is something that we all have to go through. So that's, I see there's life in those circles when we look at it. Then you got then you breaking it down to the fish and all that because it's so it's um, many components to the yin yang um, symbols. But mm. that's amazing how you just took something that we have been looking at or we don't never take our time out to study because I don't think nobody well before as I've been living I never heard nobody ever talking about the Tai Chi symbol whatsoever. Yeah. I hadn't either. I mean, I looked at it, like you said, how many times? I'd looked at it so many times, and I never really considered what it was trying to show me, and all the answers were there, all of them, for me in my own life. We we talk about the soul's agenda, and we don't talk enough about soulmates. Um, I have heard hmm. it so many times, probably just a few times out of my life, talking about soulmates. Do you? Do you believe in soulmates? You think there's actually somebody out there who is actually connected with you physically, spiritually, and mentally? Mm-hmm. I do. I believe actually that there's not just one person. I believe it's everybody in our lives. I think that, you know, when we walk around talking about soulmates, a lot of times what people are talking about is that one person. And we spend, some people spend like their whole lives looking for that one relationship. And they really just want that so bad in their lives. And in the meantime, they've, they've missed a lot of opportunity for connecting with other people around them. So that's one aspect. I think there's like a, I think that we could choose to have a new definition of what a soulmate relationship means. My definition of what a soulmate relationship is, is it's everybody. Like you, you and me are soulmates. There's something that you are uniquely here to experience in life. And because you are, just being around you is inspiring me. Like when I heard when I heard you giving the introduction to your radio station, I was so inspired. I felt so uh, energized when I listened to you. There's something about you that really energizes me. And so I know that you're here to do that for other people too. Um, you made a difference in my life just by, by being around you today. And I know without a doubt that we have that capacity to make a difference in other people's lives just by being who we are, just by being us with everybody. You know, and there are, there are some people in our lives who it's really easy to be uh, in that bright aspect, that wonderful aspect of life that we love to feel. And there are other people who frustrate us. I mean, that's part of life too. And as much as it kind of stinks to say it sometimes, it's true. The people who frustrate us are our soulmates because they're asking us to grow uh, in different ways. 
Um, and we don't always like to grow. I mean, I'll speak for myself. I don't always like it. It's uncomfortable a lot of times. But the people who frustrate me are my greatest teachers because I can become more of who I really am in the world because of them. And I know that it's the same way for all of us. Everybody around us is a soulmate. And some people are there to help, uh, help remind us what a bright light we are. And some people are there to help us to grow. You know what? I never even had took it that far as ten as other relationships as being a soulmate. I always thought it was a woman and man thing. Now you really took me out of my context to really see a different view. Either way, cool. it strikes. It definitely strikes. It strikes me. Um, but That's to it. me, in my in my in my opinion, I need. I think the reality is when people think they found their soulmate. It's just generally a psychological phenomenon, mm, what I'm trying to say, to state that frequently it accompanies romantic attraction, and we, we characterize with infatuation, but, mm-hmm. I mean, is that what it really is, the infatuation? Because I think soulmates, it goes a little deeper than just infatuation and the butterflies in my stomach, and I'm thinking about you all the time whenever you probably walk into a room type of soulmate. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think they call it um what's what's this called limerist if I'm saying it correctly. But sometimes we often I, I believe, um I think it's called limerist if I'm saying it correctly it's L I M E R N C E and that's kind of like the state that that accompanies romantic attraction and then it's characterized mm. by the infectious way. Um, but I think it's often it's one sided too. There's a bad side to it too. Because you could think someone's your soulmate, and they probably don't have no zero interest with you or of you. Mm-hmm. So that's something to think about when you talk about soulmates too. But I never would have taken it that far. Like you and I could be actual soulmates. I, I guess so, because in one way, um, we're all connected. We're connected. Hey, mm-hmm. um, it don't matter what gender or race you are. We all are connected in in one way, and we always joke. Um, sometimes in my job. We say, "Oh, are you just another brother, or another, or another sister from another mother," which is true. <laughs> you are. You totally, we are. We are connected somehow. We might not be by the same biological parents, but we are connected scientifically. Are connected. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. I think that feels so good to know that because you're a human being. I'm a human being. We have similar challenges. We have similar celebrations in our life. And when we talk about what we want to bond over, you know, so that we can feel like we belong, I prefer to feel like I could belong with anybody because we're all humans. Like we, we just, we are inherently connected. And like you said, science is proving these things more and more each day. Oh, I had one guy, he broke it all the way down to me. I need all the science of it. Um, Oh God, he he went. I should have took notes because he. I was like, wow, <laughs> this is interesting. Picked up. Oh, oh, he went all the way. He was like, you and I, we got the same birthday, and I'm like, wow, we do. He was like, all of us have the same <laughs> birthday. I was like, wow, that that is interesting of of science. Like I love learning. I, I like I said, I should have had my notepad because I forgot yeah. what he told me. But oh, we all got the same birthday, all of us who are in this one room all got the same birthday. We might came in at different times of the world, but we all got the same birthday. I'm like, wow. And <laughs> if, if, but you, if we could really open up people's mindset to that concept, probably wouldn't be as much racism or much hatred in people's hearts right now. That is so, so true. What would the world look like if we knew that we were connected and we were all soulmates? I totally get what you're saying about that popularized uh, concept of soulmates being the person we're infatuated with. Yeah, you know, I get that. And we could talk about that. That would be like a a great conversation. And what about this conversation? Like you said, wow, that would be a fascinating uh, perspective if we all knew that we were connected. What would not be going on? I mean, way less violence in the world. Way. It would. Um, most definitely. Uh, I mean, we are def- definitely on the same page. In, in your books, 
you talk about how animals have certain energy, and in some cultures, people use those animal totems as signs to help them be successful. How does this compare to our own unique energy as people? Yeah, I love this concept. It's the it, there are modern day shamans for sure, but I kind of t- talk about it so that we can conceptualize it as what used to happen. Like it used to be that people would go to their shaman and they would say the, to the shaman, "An owl is coming to me in my dreams," or I keep seeing owls in the woods. And the shaman would say, "Well, the owl is trying to teach you this or that thing." That used to be a way that people worked with energy. It still is. Some people definitely do this. Um, animal totems are a really fun way to work with energy work. You know, there are animal cards and there are books about it. It's super fun. Um, I used to love to think about animal totems myself in my life. So I live near Burlington, Vermont, lots of wilderness. There's lots of animals and stuff. And there's certain times in my life where it's like all of a sudden I see turkeys all the time. Or the deer, I see the deer all the time. And if I can pay attention to like, I wonder what, if life was trying to talk to me through that experience, what would it be trying to say? And so, you know, turkeys are about hospitality and and welcoming in uh, other people, nurturing, it's like Thanksgiving kind of ideas. So uh, as I was thinking about this concept and thinking about myself and how I kind of fit in, I realized, well, I didn't want to be labeled by, and I don't think most people do, the groups that I'm associated with or the color of my skin, like you were saying, or my gender or things like this. But there's something about me that's really special. There's something about you that's really special. And each of us kind of embodies this different flavor of energy, this different flavor. Some people are super sparkly and some people are really wise and deep and centered. And so, you know, if, if, um, if we can think of, our own energy, almost like uh, a symbol, you know, like I'm a symbol of vibrancy. And I suspect you are too, because you kind of have that sparkly energy about you as well. And some people are, you know, really like symbols of groundedness or wisdom or things like that. Um, I think that's a way that we can understand ourselves and our place in life a little bit better. I believe that the more information we have and ways that we have to understand how we fit with life itself, the more comfortable we can be being ourselves. Right. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm following. I want to ask this, though, because this is really deep when you think about spirit animals. See, I think about, oh, I think about most of the Native American movies and things of that sort. That probably would come to mind for any foolish person mm-hmm. who's not trying to think outside the box. But how do you figure out what your spirit animal is? (laughs) That's a great question. So, uh, you know, different people would answer this different ways. For me, I love to think about, um, I love to experiment with things a little bit. And so I would encourage anyone who's interested in finding out what their spirit animal is to start experimenting with, to- with animal totems or spirit animal energy. And one of the best ways, I think, to do that, or fun ways, is to get an animal totem deck. We have one at our house, and my, uh, my son, who's 10, he loves it. He'll pull it out at dinner time sometimes and pass it around and have everybody pick one and see. Start reading about them. Start learning about them. And the more that you read and learn about them, you'll just feel like there's one or two that really – stand out to you and call to you and just you know, feel like, yep, that's me. You know, that's, that's more like who I am on a, not just today, but like on a regular basis, this animal is kind of like me. Like I'll, I'll tell you my spirit animal that I've decided is mine is a skunk, which sounds kind of funny, but I have these times when, boy, I am like so super sweet. Everybody wants to be around me. And I have other times in my life where I could just stink it up. <laughs> <laughs> now, your, yourself, I need. Are there animals you feel drawn to? Well, any logical explanation? Are there any animals that I'm I'm drawn to? You know, um, I am more interested in paying attention to my surroundings and seeing what shows up. 
for me, whether it's, you know, I, I, like I said, I live in the woods, so I actually see animals uh, on kind of a regular basis. Like, why is it sometimes a, a, I see a goose? Like, every day I see this certain goose. What is up with that? For a week I've seen this goose. Why am I seeing geese? I'll, I'll look at that. For me, I'm interested in what's showing up for me. But I live in the woods. Not everybody lives in the woods. Even if you live in the city, pay attention. What animals are popping out at you in store windows, in books, on television? Um, do people, are people talking about? You know, it's like the fifth time in a day that somebody mentioned a bear or their dog. Uh, I think that's a really wonderful way to start work, working with animal energy, just to really be aware of what's showing up for you naturally. Okay, well, naturally, I hear a lot of people always talking about their dogs, and I'm always talking about mine, so that could be my spirit animal, um, and I mm-hmm. would love to get in. I would love to get in connection with that. They say to let your actual spirit animal choose you or come to you during meditation or any dream time possibly, but this is one mm-hmm. question I wanted to ask towards that. Are there spirit mm-hmm. guides for zodiacs? Hmm. I don't know. You know, I, I, uh, not my area of expertise. I'm not really sure, but it's a really interesting question. Because my husband is, um, he's a Sagittarius, so he's always known himself to be the horse. And when you start talking about uh. the animal, I'm like, wow, no wonder why he always says it. Not just because he's zodiac sign. So I'm a definitely, I would love to look up that yeah. and get ready to prepare myself for this change. Um, but it's interesting just to know this information. But I want you guys to just hold on to your seats. Don't go anywhere because we're going to come back with our needs. We have more questions. This show is not over. You stay tuned. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog, 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 Talk. Blog Talk Radio, baby. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to. Nope. I'm sure you've got a perfectly good excuse. Kids, work, (laughs) I get it. You're busy. So what better time than now? Let's begin. Raise one finger if you're a man. Ladies, none yet. Oh, count in your head if you're driving. Now, three more fingers for everyone over 60, two over 50, one over 40, One more if you're not physically active. Another finger if anyone in your family has type 2 diabetes. Another if you've got high blood pressure. If you're overweight, raise another finger. Two if you're very overweight. And three if you're really overweight. You've just taken the world's first audio prediabetes test. And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. All right, we're back with Ani. We're talking about her book, Find Your Soul's Agenda, which will give you the information and where to purchase it. But we just finished talking about animal totems and science that actually help people to be successful in life. So do some research and find out what your animal, your spiritual animal really is. But I want to get into your background is hands-on energy healing. Why did you stop doing hands-on healing? Do you get similar results with your work now? Yeah, absolutely do. So I started hands-on energy healing kind of by accident almost 20 years ago, I say it's by accident because I was an occupational therapist at the time and I was working in the Western medical system. So I went to take a class just for continuing education. And um, I was in the class and I loved the information. I didn't really understand. I was in an energy medicine course until I looked around and I noticed that we all had our hands hovering over each other's bodies. And I thought, oh, boy, is that what I'm doing? <laughs> I had no idea, but I was. <laughs> so it uh, took me a little while to be okay with, you know, how's that for normal versus being yourself. It took me a little while to be okay with the fact that I was learning energy medicine. <laughs> and, uh, you know, once I got good with myself, it was so fascinating, really, really fascinating work. So I studied it for years, and I did hands-on energy healing with people for a long time uh, before I recognized that I had a feeling I could be more efficient with my work. And so I started to really become aware of 
how could I help people to become more empowered so they didn't need to come see me, but to shift their patterns and to help them transform their lives, but actually they could do it. And I started to really become aware of these kinds of things. What were my clients coming in and talking about? What kind of uh, behaviors were my clients exhibiting on a regular basis? What kind of feelings and emotions did my clients report they were feeling regularly? And what did they tell me were the thoughts that were going through their heads? So I started to really be curious about that. And I started to talk to people more about those things. What were their thoughts, their words, their behaviors, and their sensory or their emotional experiences? And I started to wonder if maybe I could teach them how to modify those things instead of having to, come, having to come see me regularly, whether it was once a week or once a month or whatever, maybe I could teach them to shift those things and they could have similar results in their lives. And what I came to find was that, yeah, they could. Not only could they, but the results lasted longer because they were making the change. It wasn't that they were coming in to see me. So that was really cool, of course, because before when I was doing hands-on work, it was like, the work really worked and then somebody would leave and they would feel amazing for a number of days or maybe a few weeks and then they would need to or want to come back. But when I, was, when I started working with people's thoughts, words, behaviors, and emotions, all of a sudden they could make changes and they could really sustain them. That was exciting to me. Right. See, now that's where the success comes in. When you have the pleasure of seeing the growth in someone else, and it's not just all about you. You're taking the you out of it, the I out of it, and seeing somebody else. It always feels good. When you see someone else grow mentally and physically, emotionally, that's that's a prize in itself. That's a reward. Oh, my gosh. It feels so amazing to know that you had something to do with helping with helping somebody to transform their lives. At first, I started to get nervous that no one would want to come see me because, Um, You know, the clients would change and then they wouldn't need me. But once I, like you said, get the I out of the way, once I recognized that I could get out of the way, you know, that was kind of a silly fear to have. But, you know, that's legitimate. I know a lot of people can resonate with that. I could definitely resonate with that. Uh, That's why I do my personal development because it gives you, it opens your eyes to a new insight to see somebody else growing and knowing, okay, or if you help, like you said, you're helping out somebody else, okay, I see that growth in you. It's not just about, okay, like you said, just coming into this office, um, getting this counseling, this advice, but actually seeing that growth, you're going through this process, that's, that's miraculous. It is. Um, now, as far as being a parent, because I'm, I'm a mom of twin girls, why mm. should us parents find our own soul's agenda? How old are your girls? They're 13. Oh, cool. My girl's 13, too. That's neat. Um, I believe that that parents should find their soul's agenda. It's, it's funny. Um, people ask me how they can, like, change their kids. Um, when I first started working as a therapist, I, I had uh, pediatric clients. So I had children who were clients. And, you know, parents are legitimately concerned. My kid's stressed or my kid has anxiety or my kid has this or that thing going on or ADHD or whatever it is. How can I get them to change? And I sincerely wanted to be the best therapist I could be. So I really thought about this. Like, how can I help? It wasn't until I had kids that I realized one of the best ways to be able to help your kids is to be the best person that you can be. And so I believe that it's super important for adults to you know, if you want to find your soul's agenda, find your soul's agenda. If you want to do something else where it's find your purpose or your mission in life, or even if it's just to really get clear on what your hopes and dreams are or what you stand for as a person, gosh, it's so important because our kids don't just learn from us by what we tell them. They don't just learn from us by what we do that they're watching. They actually learn through uh, who we are, through our vibrational frequencies, that's a way that people, that our children learn from us and other people, but specifically our children learn from us. And so when we can find what we stand for, we can find what we're passionate about, when we can stand confidently in who we are, that impacts our children 
more than we can know. I have watched it happen miraculously time and time again with parents who are sincerely concerned about their kids, do their own personal development work, and whoa, their kids change, the relationships with their kids change. It's so phenomenal. Well, you know, there have been studies, too, I need that suggested that less than half of what we see is based on information entering our eyes, and I guess that's why when a friend gets new glasses or maybe shaves his beard, we often do not notice because we're so accustomed to relating to them within the frame of our usual context that we don't see what is actually there. We filter it out so that our context remains unaltered. Isn't that wild? I it's amazing. It is. I would never have thought, you take your seat, you take me where I have to grasp the whole full meaning here. It's really taking me <laughs> out of my element. This is this, good. This is way, I mean, it, it will solve your head because we don't think like this. Our perception, our beliefs, our experiences, our needs won't allow us to think like this. Right now, somebody is already misunderstanding of much of what they're saying, right, of, of what they're probably saying and what they're actually hearing right now on the show. Mm-hmm, absolutely. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> Without a doubt, most definitely. It's, it's beautiful. And if you're listening, you have to go back and listen to the replay. If you're listening to the replay, share it with somebody. Share the value. That's how we get the word out. Make sure to do that. I want to ask this. In the, soul, in the soul's agenda process, why do you have people define words rather than looking them up in the dictionary themselves? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I highly encourage people, whether they're doing this process or they're doing other purpose work, to look at the words that you're using and define them for yourself. Just like we were talking about, Technisha, with the word soulmate. What does that actually mean? And does the meaning that I am talking about time, time and time again, day in and day out, mean what I want it to mean? I mean, so often we are using words and we don't, actually take the time to think like, what does that mean? I was doing purpose work in my own life and I was, uh, you know, coming up with these phrases about who I was and what I wanted to do with my life, but I wasn't defining the words for myself. And it was like the, the phrase always felt hollow or the words always felt hollow. And I couldn't figure out why it wasn't until I started to define them for myself. So as I've gone through this process now with so many different people People will use similar words. Like, for example, um, I've got a number of people who have found their soul's agenda and their word that they're working with is empowerment. I've got a number of people who have done it who have worked with the word love, uh, people who have used the word adventure. I've never once had somebody have the same definition, ever. And they shouldn't because it's unique to you. So what empowerment means to you and feels like to you is different than me. Yeah, it's similar, but it's different in the flavor. And that flavor is what's really important to us being able to stand firmly in who we are in life. So, you know, even if you're not going to consider your purpose, if you're listening to this, you're not even going to consider your purpose, I would think it would just dramatically change your life to look at how you're using one word. Pick a word that you hear yourself saying multiple times a day and stop for a moment. Just say, what does that word mean to me? Right there, that is one of the most powerful things you can do. Mm-hmm. I agree with that because we usually when teachers will ask that question, what does this word mean, you have four or five people giving you a different definition while even looking in the dictionary. And then, mind you, dictionaries went out always. I mean, when was the first dictionary created? Around 1600? So imagine they were probably using <laughs> words way before that time. And they didn't even know what they were saying. You know, so people's concept of words is totally different. If I probably even ask my children what does this word mean to them, even while they're not, they, of yeah. course they're going to pick the wrong answer because in their mind you already know what it means from the dictionary, but you're asking them what do they think this word means, they're going to give you a totally different answer because our mind perceives, like you said, love to be different. People don't see love as maybe hugging. Maybe they see love, I'm getting beat up every night in my own home by this man, and now I have a black eye. So that's my love, you know. So mm-hmm. I love it. Not mm-hmm. doing picking hours and going on a hot date. So yeah, I I would totally agree with you. And I I think everybody should be able to agree with that. Now you got some people say that negative emotions cause disease. I I think, in my opinion, I think so. Stress is definitely one of them. 
Do you believe mm-hmm. this is true? And how do you find our soul's agenda help with this? Yeah, negative emotions. Uh, actually, you know, science is proving now that they do end up causing diseases. And one of the interesting things about this is an emotions um, lifespan is really only supposed to be about 20 minutes. If we're having an emotional response that is longer than about 20 minutes, we're actually reliving it over and over again um, and kind of re-triggering it over and over again. And that's not cool because it leaves, like you were saying, stress. It leaves all those stress hormones or whatever uh, different chemicals are floating uh-huh. through our body because of that reaction. It's leaving it in our body. And that can, that can create disease. So the, the um, really paradoxical way to resolve this is to pay attention to what you're feeling and let it be okay. Because if we can let it be okay and we can be with ourselves in the moment, then we can allow the emotion to work through in that 20 minutes. And, you know, to continue on. And one of the reasons why the soul agenda process is so important to be able to do this is because we define purpose in the soul agenda process not just as being happy all the time. We define it in that yin-yang as the ways you like to feel and the ways you don't like to feel. So when you know that it's not only okay, but it's on purpose when you feel these uh, ways that you don't like to feel, like disempowered or like nobody loves me or when I don't have enough energy, for example, when you feel like that, you can recognize, oh, my God, it's, o- it's okay. I'm on purpose right now. There's something for me to learn here. And then the emotions can wash through us with a, little, like a tremendous amount of efficiency rather than getting stuck. Mm. Okay, now that's reaffirming it a little bit there. Okay. All right. Um, definitely. Mhm. I'm gonna have to yes. I'm I'm agreeing because it's it's also it's also true and we be knowing this. Um, we let the little stuff affect us. Don't let it because that's just yeah. gonna take you up out of here and it get it get your blood pressure so high you don't know what will happen. I have seen people go to the hospital and you'd be like, What caused the stress? One of my coworkers said her blood pressure was up. I said it must be stress. She was like, Yeah, it is. I'm like, Yeah. We worry about the little stuff and it overtakes our life. Um, so why doesn't a person so agenda tell them what to do specifically? Well, when we define purpose based on what we're supposed to do, it really is a finite way of defining purpose. It's like, you know, you're supposed to be a mom, for example. Well, what happens if you're not being a mom? I mean, what's happening right now? You know, how is purpose happening for you if you're not in that role or in that doing? Um, So oftentimes when people ask about finding their purpose, they want to know specifically what occupation they should have. Well, if that's your purpose, then what happens when you go home? What happens when you go to the grocery store? I think it's super important to define purpose in terms of who I am. Because then you, well, you're congruent in all aspects of your life, first of all. You're the same person at home and at work. You're the same person at the grocery store, Um, you know, which is is true. We are always the same person. Um, We don't get so hung up on what should I do? Like it's this life or death kind of decision. We allow ourselves to have more fluidity with life. I mean, even in terms of occupation, I think the statistics say, don't quote me on this, but it's something like most people have seven occupations in their lives now. I mean, we're going to do a lot of stuff. When you can define your purpose as to who you are, then you can, it's a very holistic way to look at yourself and, and life. You don't get so stuck in what am I supposed to do? The, the doing arises naturally from who I am. Well, okay. Because I know most people who probably will be going through this right now be like, okay, I need you to tell me step by step of what to do. You got some of those people <laughs> like that I need. I did everything Absolutely. laid out, numbered. And it, it, it doesn't, and as you said, it doesn't work like that. It's something you have to do on your own. Well, it actually works both ways. So, um, you know, okay. what I just uh, what yeah, absolutely. What I, what I was saying is that don't start with the doing, start with the being. But I'll tell you how to start with the being because I was asking this question in my own life, like, okay, fine, how do I be? Who am I? Tell me. And that's why we developed the soul agenda process because it is 
step by step going to tell you one, two, three, how to do this so you can find out who you are. And then after you find out, we're going to show you how to make decisions because we make 35,000 decisions in a day, you know, some approximately on average. And when you know that you're making decisions from who you are, all of a sudden, that's how you figure out what to do. Because it's not just about figuring out what to do with your occupation. It's about figuring out what to do 35,000 times a day. So we need a compass for that. That's why we developed the, the soul agenda process. It's very practical. Right. And I do understand all that I need, but now we've taken the whole note step because, as I said on my previous show, now you got to actually find out, sit down, and figure out who you actually are. I mean, Mm-hmm. Of course, as Oprah Winfrey said in one of her speeches, we are, I am the spirit of God. But is that who you see mm-hmm. yourself as, the spirit of God? Who are we really? See, that question is always going to be brought up because you've got to really know yourself. You do. You can't tell somebody else how you really not if you don't even know who you are. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's always going to be a big you got to sit down on that one. Now, mm-hmm. uh, can't. Can the Find Your Soul's Agenda process help someone who is struggling in relationships? Yeah, absolutely, because the primary relationship underneath all relationship struggles is a relationship that you've got with you. You know, it's you with you. And some people would also say it's your relationship with the divine or God or universe, whatever it is that you think is higher, uh, you know, the organizing force in the universe. And, And I say yes. That's actually what I'm talking about when I say you with you, you know, because that's an aspect of each of us is that we have that divinity running through us. So when you can really get clear on your relationship with yourself, you can have powerful, wonderful, amazing relationships with other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, the, the Find Your Soul's Agenda process is part of sensation-based mindset coaching. I want to ask, what is the sensation-based mindset? A sensation-based mindset really is about understanding in every moment that your sensations matter. Sensations are part of emotions, and we don't live in a society that really likes to talk about emotions. We would prefer that they don't happen, um, but they do, and they're actually being stimulated, our emotions are being stimulated with every thought that we have, even if they're subtle, even if they're subtle, they're being stimulated with every thought that we have. So when we can be mindful in every moment of the sensations that we're experiencing, we have a lot of information about what emotions are at play in any moment of our day. That is like a mindfulness in, in motion. It's mindfulness in every moment. Okay. Okay, yeah, I can, I can see I can see that. Now, also in your book, you mentioned natural law. Can you tell us just a little bit a little more about what a natural law is? Uh sure, yeah. So natural laws are the the organizing laws of the universe. So, you know, it's um if you look out at the the trees, you look at the, the sun and the sky and the plants and the animals, they seem to all follow a certain order. And that order is omnipresent, meaning it's always there. It seems to be unconditional, uh, just like gravity. Gravity is going to work whether uh, you like it or not, whether you're a bad person or a good person. Not like I believe there's labels like that, but you know, like gravity is always going to be there. It's working no matter where on earth and it's working with everybody and natural laws are like that. So for example, where you place your focus, that grows. So it's really important for us to place our focus on things that we want to grow in our life. That's a natural law. It's the law of energy. Um, And so there's a, a bunch of natural laws that are operating in our lives anyway. If we don't know about them, they're still operating in our lives, but if we know about them, if we edu- educate ourselves about them, then we have a tremendous more power in our lives, actually circling back to the beginning of our conversation, to be in collaboration with life itself, because that's how life is organized, through the natural laws. So when we know them, we can be in this wonderful relationship with life itself. Right, and as you said, when you put, when you put your focus to something positive, um, 
that's what you'll get out. But if you always put yourself to the negativity, then that's what you're going to attract. It's almost um, mm-hmm. kind of made me think about the, attract, the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah. It's like law of attraction. Everything you put out is going to come back to you the same way, whatever you're putting out, negative or positive. So watch what you're putting mm-hmm. out there, people. Definitely, you got to watch that um, at all times. Now, is the information and find your soul agenda? Well, of course, I was just about to ask, is it like the attraction of law? Yeah, it is oh, kind of like law of attraction. That. Yeah, it is. It is. It, it, with the exception of what what I know to be true in my own life, I'm working with people, is that it's not that we actually have to attract something like it's not here anyway. What we want in life, and I know this sounds nuts, but it's true, what we want in life is already here. We just can't see it. So it's not like we've got to attract it like it's over in China and it's got to come here. It's actually here. It's in front of us already. Um, What the attraction actually is, like you were saying about focusing on what you want to focus on, and then it's revealed right in front of us. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. Now, just by going through this process, what kind of other results have you actually have seen? what I want to say is what other results have people got from just using the Find Your Soul agenda process? Yeah, you you name it, really. I mean, uh, two two topics. We talked a lot about relationships already, but two topics we haven't talked about are, you know, business, making money, and um, the other one is health. And so everybody's got stuff they're working on, you know, right, Technisha? Like, Everybody's got stuff they're working on, and some, for some people it's their health, for some people it's their relationships, for some people it's their business or, or money or something else. But those are, that's three you know, pretty big categories. And uh, whatever, wherever your struggle is in life, you are there. You know, you're like you're, you're, that, you're the person. So look, finding your soul's agenda will help you in any aspect of your life. And the super cool thing is it doesn't matter what you choose. It doesn't matter what your focus is. But pick a focus like you do. You said you do your personal development work. Pick a focus and work on it because when you do, the you that gets better in that area gets better in all areas of your life. Right. In all honesty, you should be working on yourself every day. You have people say, I don't need to do this. You should be working on yourself every day, no matter how perfect you think your life is. And even if it is perfect, still work on it some more. (laughs) Keep working on it. Um, I, I wanted to definitely ask this, though. You you say that guilt can be reconciled. How does that work? Guilt? Yeah. Um, guilt's a concept that I've done something bad. And the the thing is, according to natural law, you know, so think about that yin-yang again. There is always going to be two sides to everything, always. In every single situation, there's equal amounts of benefits, and drawbacks to every situation. So guilt assumes that there's uh-huh. more drawbacks to benefits. That's not actually true. It's not, it's, it's not right according to law, universal law. So if someone is feeling guilty, they can actually reconcile that by making themselves a list of the benefits and the drawbacks of the situation. Sometimes people need help with this because their perception is blocking them. But uh, with a little bit of help, you can see that in every situation, there are equal benefits and there, as there are drawbacks. Okay. Um, what is the difference between the find your soul agenda process and other purpose work? Other purpose work that I know of focuses only on the bright aspect or the happy side of life, like it's how you want to be, mm-hmm. but it doesn't talk about the other side. It's just one, it's, it's one-sided, which is nice if, you know, you're a person who can get yourself from where you are to where you want to be and you never get stuck. But if you get stuck, the soul agenda process is great because it encapsulates a holistic view of life and of yourself so that you can, when you get stuck, get yourself out as quickly as possible. Yes, ma'am. Step up out that fire. Don't stay too long now. Once you find, once you find it, you caught. Get out. But I, I really <laughs> have enjoyed our conversation here. I need it. Really has opened my eyes to a new, to a new meaning of life. Um, I would love to know 
and for the listeners to know where to purchase your book at? Oh, sure. It's simple. It's findyoursoulsagenda.com. And also, if you're looking to find Ani, she is on social media. We have Instagram. Um, just make sure you get in contact with me, and I could, I would love to give out that information. She has a Facebook group, um, certain events, um, Evolution of the New Mind. So there are a lot of resources that we can find for you if you're looking to change your life and get into a whole new mindset this year before before 2019 ends. Because if you really look at it, it feels like 2016 just ends. That's, before I leave you, I want to tell you my truth of the day is this. Become attuned to the needs of those around you. Learn to let go of your need to be right. When you become attuned to the needs of those around you, your conversations with those people will be much more agreeable. If you find yourself becoming upset during a conversation, take a deep breath and imagine yourself in the other person's position. Answer compassionately with a true sense of understanding. Today, become aware of the fact that harmonious relationships begin with relinquishing your own needs, everybody. Enjoy the day, and those are words from my friend and former guest, Mary Ellen Signovich. So I want everybody to enjoy their day, and I'll see you the next time, next time on The Bright Side with Technicia. God bless. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com.